0: Welcome to indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. Welcome to indie Cider, episode number 10. That's right, the double-digit episode of the podcast in which we talk to indie game developers. This week I'm super excited to be speaking with Mr. Karl Ruloffs, one of the original developers of Shadowgate a game that came out for Mac and Windows via Steam this past August, but also for the black-and-white Macintosh back in 1987, and then ported in 1989 to the 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System, where it gained most of its popularity. In 2012, the original developers reunited and went to Kickstarter to ask for the opportunity to bring this game back in a modern setting. The game was funded in November of 2012 at 114%, and I backed it at the $30 level, which got me the game, the soundtrack, and a few additional goodies. It's a point-and-click adventure game from a first-person perspective that features magic, monsters, spells, weapons, swords, grim reapers, griffins, and more. As indicative of the era, many of the puzzles are completely illogical. You would never expect to use that command with that item. But it was, in my nostalgic memory, a wonderful, fantastic game. And I asked Mr. Ruloffs in this episode what made it such a great game on the Nintendo, especially when point-and-click adventure games are often associated with computer games. So you'll be hearing that later on. The game had two sequels, Beyond Shadowgate, which was a third-person point-and-click adventure in the style of King's Quest, which was released for the TurboGrafx CD. And later, Shadowgate 64, a first-person 3D free-roaming game for the Nintendo 64. I never got to play Beyond Shadowgate, but I did play Shadowgate 64, and I gave it a score of 7.8. And when Shadowgate Classic came out for the Game Boy Color in 1999, I gave it a mere 7.5. I can't remember why I didn't like it 15 years ago. But I can tell you that in 2006, I dusted that game off with a friend of mine, and we stayed up all night playing it, trying to figure out the puzzles and occasionally consulting GameFacts.com. So maybe there is some nostalgia associated with this classic game, but I can tell you that the updated game, which they're calling not a remake or a reboot, but a reimagining, doesn't need nostalgia to be an awesome game. It features the same point-and-click interface where you click on a word on the screen, such as look, eat, hit and then you click on the item in the room you want to use it on. It's mostly the same story and many of the same puzzles, although the puzzles have been updated and refined to make them a little bit more consistent, a little bit more logical, and a little bit more accessible. But don't let you think that that makes it easy. This is still a challenging game. If you're trying to remember the game from 30 years ago, that may or may not necessarily help you because it might not be the same puzzles you remember. There are some additional rooms. Some items and areas that were cut from the original such as the black axe, an auto-mapping feature to help you navigate the castle, and most important, a gorgeous, completely redone art style. The pixel graphics of yesteryear have been replaced with awesome illustrations that look like paintings, if they're not actually paintings. Some gamers have found that this actually makes it a little bit more difficult, because it's harder to see which items you can actually interact with. And while that may be true, it is still just a gorgeous game to look at. The soundtrack is completely new, but in the style of the original, and if you like, you can actually listen to the original soundtrack. The Nintendo tunes are in there, and it's not an Easter egg, you just go to the options and you flip it on. You can also flip on the old-school style of scrawl for the text to appear on the screen as you get descriptions of rooms or of the results of your commands, and also the transitions as you move from room to room can also be made more old-school if you like. Now if it sounds like I like this game, well you're right. I like all the games on IndieCider. That's not to say that this is solely a promotional show. The fact is that if I find a game I don't like, I don't want to spend hours playing it for this podcast and then talking to the developer about why her his game wasn't very good. That just seems kind of rude and a waste of your time, because why would you want to spend a half an hour of me telling you a reason not to play a game? So yeah, I do like Shadowgate, not just because I have fond memories of it but because this reimagining actually exceeded my expectations. If they had just released the old-school version with a few tweaks, I probably would have been really happy. But they went above and beyond in a way that I feel like this is the game they wanted to make 30 years ago, and they're finally able to realize their vision. I'm not playing this game and feeling like, wow, they really butchered it, or why would they bother remaking this, or they missed such a great opportunity. And maybe they did in a few ways. There have been some people saying that this game is really meant for the original gamers and that a modern era gamer won't appreciate it. However, they are responsive to that feedback, and there is an update coming out this week, the week of Halloween 2014, that features some new user interface options that I think will appeal to more modern gamers. You can see me playing that version of the game in a pre-release state on my YouTube channel, paired with this interview with Mr. Carl Ruloffs. and you can also read this interview in the upcoming issue of Juiced.GS, which is a print publication I am the editor of, focused on the Apple II computer. There was an Apple IIgs version of Shadowgate, and I spent some time speaking with Mr. Ruloffs about his involvement in that version of the game and what it was like to make games in those classic environments, including for the Macintosh. That content will be unique to Juice.js. You will not hear it in this episode. You can find more details on the Juice.js website, which is juice.gs. But even with those excerpts, this interview runs a little bit longer than usual. I think you'll find it worth it, however. I consider myself not only a gamer, but also something of an amateur historian, where I think it's really important to get these stories told and preserved and archived and made available to people. So while I love speaking with all the modern indie developers, I'm really excited to be speaking to somebody who was doing this 30 years ago, and is still doing it, and is still passionate about it, and talented at it. So whatever your perspective, I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, feel free to send feedback to feedback at indesider.net, or tweet me on Twitter at GameBits. Thanks for listening. Today I get to speak with Mr. Carl Ruloffs, the design director at Zojoy, developers of the new and old Shadowgate. Hello, Carl.
1: Hello, Ken. Good to be
0: here. Good to be speaking with you. Shadowgate is such a well-known franchise, and you've been working on it since its inception. This must have been quite the homecoming for you.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, but it's, 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 it's really come like full circle around because, uh, you know, we started, uh, back in, I want to say 85, kind of designing it in our houses, you know, um, on, on the new PCs that were coming out back then, the, the uh, uh, 2-bit, uh, Apple, Macintosh. And now, you know, what, 25, 30 years later, we're sitting here, um, uh, kind of doing it in our, in our houses again you know, bootstrap efforts. So it's been very cool.
0: Has the team grown in all that time? Most people, when they think of indie games nowadays, they think of a small team still working in their homes or in their basements. So what has Zojoy looked like between now and then?
1: Well, Zojoy, um, you know, we, 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 we uh, founded ourselves to do uh, our old games. Started trying to do uh, Sherlock about three, four, five years ago. It was just two, three people. Um, uh, uh, redoing, uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which was a video game that played video clips, um, that was out in the, uh, late 80s as well. And then we moved on to Shadowgate here, and Shadowgate has a team of about eight people. No one is really full-time, because that would imply that we're getting some type of pay, paycheck each, each and every week, and that's not the case. But, um, you know, we're all dedicated to working as many hours as we can to get this thing done. So, you know, it's, like I said, it's kind of a throwback to the early days of uh, development.
0: The early versions of Shadowgate were published by ICOM and Mindscape. Did you ever have any trouble procuring the rights for Shadowgate from those names?
1: So, yeah, we we really didn't have any problem getting the rights. The rights were kind of sitting around, um, uh, not doing much of anything. A friend of ours got it, got the rights, when VICOM New Media went belly up, because they had the rights when they bought ICOM. Um, so it's kind of like... You know, a long-involved little story, but it was just really just a phone call for us to to our friend to say, hey, we want to uh, redo Shadowgate, and uh, he had no problem with that. So uh, there was no issues at all getting getting a license.
0: That's great, especially with all the different buyouts that have occurred over the years. I know as an old-school Apple II user that it can be very difficult to track who owns the rights and what's happened to them and whether or not they're even able to be procured anymore.
1: Right. Right, exactly. You know, there's you know there's lots of deals that you make um, uh, with uh, the, the console, um, you know, publishers and with uh, the people that make the consoles, and and you get really convoluted kind of quickly. But you know, thankfully, you know everything was just kind of sitting there and very easy, you know, for us.
0: Shadowgate is such a well-known franchise. I don't know anybody who was using computers or Nintendo in the '80s who didn't encounter it in some form I imagine that it must be also well known among potential publishers why did you choose to go with the self-published route for this incarnation
1: we're very passionate about Shadowgate we feel and felt at the time that we had a lot more story to tell and we really didn't want to have any strings attached so it was a bit of a bootstrap you know uh, type of effort that we wanted to get off the ground uh, we do have a, a partnership with Reverb, who is um, uh, uh, an indie publisher. You know, they've been doing marketing stuff for us um, and doing a great job. But we wanted to keep it where there's like no strings attached, where we could just you know kind of be um, in in total charge of it because too often you know you have to uh, there's too many cooks you know in the uh, in, in in the kitchen. So. It, what you end up with is not what you intended. So we wanted to make sure that we had um, as much control as we could. That's why we didn't really pursue anybody. Plus, you know, it was a a, a a bit of a part-time effort. You know, in in the in the starting of this, we had day day jobs, um, and um, we wanted to try to get this going as an alternate source. So it's not like we could re- you know, we could really um, reach out to publishers and say, hey, we want to do this. You know, it was uh, because of the route we took with uh, Kickstarter and the, and the crowdfunding. You know, it was, hey, we're not sure this is going to work, so let's see how far we can get, you know.
0: When I interviewed Al Lowe about his Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded Kickstarter, he said that he had bumped into Tim Schafer at a conference, and Tim said, Al, you should do this, and so he did. Was there a particular Kickstarter that inspired your team to revive Shadowgate via crowdfunding? It
1: was the Double Fine Adventure game. You know, when it, went, when it came down and just skyrocketed to the top, you know, um, uh, Dave and I. You know, so Dave, Dave Marsh and myself are the co-creators of it. Uh, we've known each other since high school, and um, uh, just been best friends ever since. So, we're we're, all, you know, we're together a lot, and we talk about what we want to do uh, on Shadowgate. We've done this throughout the years. What would we do different? You know, so we've we've always wanted to revisit Shadowgate, and just recently, and over the last five years or so, we just you know really came to the conclusion collectively that. Um, you know, the, uh, Shadowgate is really, I want to make Shadowgate games really for the rest of my career. Wouldn't it be great to resurrect that? And, um, uh, you know, the Double Fine um, success and other successes on Kickstarter prompted us to go, why not us? Why not Shadowgate? As you mentioned, we have a uh, passionate fan base, um, uh, especially on the NES end, and um, uh, we were hoping that, um, we could reach them through Kickstarter. And, you know, thankfully uh, that happened. So, you know, that was kind of the impetus, the, uh, um, uh, the, uh, the double-fine success.
0: You just mentioned the whole Kickstarter process. Was there anything about that, especially the open development process that surprised you?
1: Uh, the thing that probably surprised me the most is how much work it really is. You know, you, 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 you probably hear that from people who've done it, but it's a lot of work. You know, I mean, it's like a full time job running a Kickstarter campaign and, you know, um, uh, managing it along the way, because once you're done and you have your money, you're not done. You know, you're you're beholding to all these people to do what you said you were going to do, you know, and um, so, you know, it's it's it, it's it's a lot of work. And that was the thing that kind of surprised me. I didn't think it was going to be a cakewalk. Don't get me wrong, but um, it was just a lot of work. and. You know uh, the the passion of the people that uh, that jumped on and really wanted to help uh, you succeed was uh, not necessarily a surprise, but it was still a pleasant surprise.
0: We both mentioned how rabid the fan base is on the Nintendo platform, but most people, I think, associate point and click adventures with computer platforms. Why is it that Shadowgate did so well on the Nintendo?
1: That's a great question. You know, and it's something that I don't think we. Fully know, and if we did, then we should apply it as much as we can to to other systems <coughs> and stuff, so we can get uh, you know a rabid fan base going. But um, having said all that, I think I think timing had a lot to do with it because it was a unique interface and a unique game design on the NES. Um, uh, uh, people didn't play games like that on the NES. You know, they had side scrollers and uh, you know top down. Um, uh, uh, RPGs and um, uh, this was the first, uh, to my knowledge, one of the first immersive experiences, you know, because you got the first person perspective, so it was very unique and and it was um, a a game mechanism that players needed to think through and it's a type of game where you could play for a couple days straight and then not play for a week because you're trying to figure out um, uh, a puzzle and then you can get right back into it and, um, uh, enjoy the game and not really miss a beat. So I think because it was such a unique type of game that it got this underground following. And I can't tell you, you know, there's like, um, there, there, there are so many stories I hear from people who played their brother's version of Shadowgate, you know, um, and my sense is that Shadowgate might have been one of those taboo games, like yeah, it's probably a bit too graphic and scary, so you shouldn't play that. So then people, kids at the time, you know, 8, 910 year olds played it because it's scary, you know, and it was kind of a new experience and they weren't allowed to do that. So I think we had a lot of stuff going for us. You know, definitely the, uh, uh, the music and the ambiance with the graphics, even though it's um, uh, the retro 8-bit graphic type stuff. You know, um, just really gave uh, a a great experience. You know, that was unlike anything else on the NES.
0: The format of the Shadowgate franchise has taken many different shapes over the years. The original first-person point-and-click, and and then a third-person King's Quest-style adventure, a first-person 3D game for the Nintendo 64. What prompted you to return to the game's roots for this remake? Did you consider continuing to evolve the perspective into something yet new?
1: Well, you know, we've, we've 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 talked about that a lot, and um, uh, over the years, and trying to represent Shadowgate in in you know, and, and these types of games, because you know, we've we've got other first-person uh, point-and-click games. Uh, how we can offer up the experience um, in 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 a different way, and uh, really, when it came down to it, we just felt that the um, that the first-person image. Uh, was the best way to really allow a person to kind of study a scene and interact with the scene. You know, um, we, we we have done some three three D stuff and I played some three D adventure games, and sometimes it's 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 really difficult to maneuver yourself around in a three D world. You know, to get to the right exact way where you can look at this thing or take that thing. You know, so um, there were those challenges that, you know, frankly, we don't have the, the resources to um, really put R&D into that so we can come up with something, you know, that would work for that. And it was tried and true, and we just felt we can update the graphics. The game is solid the way it plays, you know, where you can uh, um, uh, investigate and look at your scene um, and your room and your, your, your environment and, and figure out what to do next. We didn't really think of doing it any other way um, when we, when we kickstarted this, we wanted to reintroduce the game. That was one of the main things we did with this. Uh, we didn't want to port it out there again because there are, there are many versions of that in the past. We wanted to kind of like update the game in, in a reintroductory way so that we can continue to expand the Shadowgate universe and do more games.
0: Since this isn't a port, what do you call it? Is it a, a reboot? A remastering?
1: We're calling it a, a, a reimagination. So we reimagined Shadowgate, you know, it's not, it's not a reboot. Um, just cause I, you know, that term doesn't really, doesn't really, uh, fit because what we tried to do with Shadowgate, um, with the, with, with, with the new version here was we tried to take the old game and keep a lot of the structure and the layout of the castle and these situations the same, but update them um, uh, just for a newer generation. You know, it was important for us to um, ba- basically m- make sure that the narrative was in the game and that there was a cohesion from room to room, you know, uh, because in the original game, there were a couple scenarios That just, you know, I mean, if you really logically think about it, it just doesn't make any sense, you know, because we we, really, at the time, we didn't cohesively connect the puzzles. And here we we tried to reimagine them so they're similar situations and actually similar solutions, but we reimagined it in a way that actually made sense and was kind of logical.
0: So what did you decide besides the cohesion of the puzzles needed to stay the same versus what needed to change? How much could you reimagine it while still keeping it Shadowgate?
1: Yeah, you know that that was a challenge and that was uh, that that was fun doing that actually taking the puzzles and um, reworking them. You know we you know we 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 started in, in room one and we went you know puzzle by puzzle just deciding that yeah that's a good one uh, it needs to be updated or. Um, that one is, 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 is kind of weak, so let's have something else there, you know. Um, so it was a bit, you know, it was, it, it was kind of just this organic design session that Dave and I had over you know, a period of weeks where we knew some key things we wanted to do and we wanted to implement um, uh, uh, in terms of magic and in terms of uh, game mechanics, you know, uh, that, that you can use throughout the game we, we want to implement a couple of those. It was a matter of just looking at the old puzzles and seeing where it required a major update. It was important for us to keep the uh, uh, the layout of the castle as intact as possible because people would really recognize that and we wanted to keep um, a lot of the look the same because you know we're kind of on this balancing act of, we, we, we wanted to appeal to um, our original fan base, um, the NES players, um, uh, you know, the Atari, uh, the Apple uh, players um, who really um, remember the game and want that experience again. But we wanted to update that experience so it wasn't just a port. Plus, we wanted to try to get a new adventure, a new game that you just can't go on the Internet and find a walkthrough for Um, For new gamers, you know, we, you know, Dave and I went back and forth a lot of times said, I like this one. Oh, I don't, you know, and we, and we, and we compromise, but in a good way, um, because just batting ideas back and forth, you just make the puzzle and the story that much stronger.
0: George Lucas felt it wasn't until decades later he was finally able to realize his original vision for what he wanted Star Wars to be. Was there anything in this new version of Shadowgate that you always wanted to do and never were able to due to technological limitations? I know, for example, you were finally able to introduce the Black Axe.
1: Right, right. So from a design standpoint, from a story standpoint, we kind of touched on that already, but we definitely wanted to make uh, you know, the, back, the backstory of Shadowgate. We wanted to tell that because, um, you know, Back in, you know, back in the, uh, um, uh, on the NES, we just jumped you in front of a castle and off you go. And you really don't know what's going on. You know, it was more of a, I'm just kind of making it puzzle by puzzle. And the story didn't really unfold that well. Um, you had to dig for the story. You know, through scrolls and books and stuff like that. Um, uh, so we definitely wanted to retell the story in a way that um, was expanded and, 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 and mentioned, talked about the history of, of the lands of Shadowgate and why was Shadowgate there? Who are these, um, these Circle of Twelve, uh, wizards and, um, uh, you know, who is the warlock going? and what the heck is he doing there why am I here? So we wanted to, we wanted to tell that. That was a definite. But the other cool thing that we got to do, which one of my favorite things, was, um, we got to, uh, basically add, um, orchestral soundtrack um, to the game, which is something that we've never done for any of the adventure titles. You know, uh, space was always limited in the old days and you can never, you know, you can never do anything besides, you know, computer beeps and boops and and, and, and stuff like that. So, uh, because if you sampled some sounds in, it just took up too much space. So, we got uh, Rich Douglas to uh, make a, uh, a soundtrack For the game, that was somewhat reminiscent of the NES music, but had its own, you know, gravitas, you know, its own weight to it that really kind of um, uh, lent itself to the atmosphere we were trying to make. And uh, the one thing you you know um, that you may notice as you play the game is, um, you know, we we can turn on and off tracks of, of of songs. So as you uncover things and open up secrets more tracks to songs play so that it's kind of, you know, the song all of a sudden starts to crescendo and stuff. So, you know, the sound design um, uh, of this game was one of the, was one of the coolest things that uh, we added.
0: It's not that I had low expectations for the soundtrack, but I remember the original from the Nintendo so well that I expected I would be using that option to play with the retro soundtrack throughout the game and I was pleasantly surprised to find that although I do appreciate having that nostalgic option available to me, the new soundtrack is really good. I really enjoy listening to it
1: yeah well thanks i mean yeah yeah that, that's uh that's uh rich Douglas. just just done a great job for us there, and um you know we got we went we went back to chemco so chemco was the um uh uh, the company that put out the game for the NES you know um, icom entered into a deal with them and uh, they actually did the coding for it and um, uh, published it. Um, uh, so we went back to them uh, recently and uh, we said we, we, we really want rights to this tune um, you know to all the tunes of Shadowgate. and they just there's no problem at all getting the rights to that. and was just so thankful because there's some iconic elements of that that just work. You know, I mean, the soundtrack, you know, is dated, obviously, if you listen to the NES version, because, you know, there's very few instruments. There's something about the songs that, I don't know if it's nostalgia or if they just work melodically, but uh, just compelling. And Rich did a great job of weaving those into um, some of the uh, uh, Shadowgate, the new reimagined Shadowgate sounds.
0: Besides the retro soundtrack, there's also the retro transitions and the text scrawl. Are there any other retro features or especially Easter eggs that old-school gamers might recognize or be happy to discover?
1: Um, you know, there's a, there's there's lots of fun things that we try to throw into Shadowgate. And um, uh, one of the things that, um, that 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 I like is we have hidden deaths in the game. You know, Shadowgate kind of has a legacy of just killing killing the player. Um, indiscriminately and um, you know I won't disagree with that (laughs) but um, uh, we also try to have fun with it where you know the text can be graphic but kind of tongue-in-cheek so we wanted to really um, uh, throw some things in there that players can find that are hidden and are a little bit more um, uh, hidden Easter eggs that you can find hidden ways to die um, and you get some special uh, cutscenes and stuff like that based upon how you're dying. So uh, that's some fun stuff we added. We have an update that's actually coming out um, where, um, so in, in addition to a lot of the retro stuff you mentioned, um, we are going to um, uh, throw in there the ability to turn on a, a, a pixelated filter so that the game may be even more reminiscent of the um, uh, 8-bit experience that you had. Um, on the NES or one of the other versions so those are, those are some of the things in there you know there's tons of of uh, nods to old puzzles that maybe didn't make it into the game into this new version of the game or that we removed or locations that are kind of removed we still do nods to them so there's lots of hidden things throughout the game you just have to kind of you know pay attention and open up your eyes to those.
0: Some of the reviews I've read, especially first impressions from people who have not played the original Shadowgate, find that the gameplay and challenge is very old school in a good way, but so is the user interface and not necessarily a good way. I understand that you have some new user interface options coming with this update as well. Can you tell us about that?
1: Absolutely, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, yes, so, you know, uh, you know, granted, we, we fully... When we designed Shadowgate, we fully embraced the retro command thing. That's what we were going to do. Um, the plan was to um, uh, move on to Beyond Shadowgate, which would be new, the next game, and update the UI and the uh, command interface. So um, that was kind of the, the the plan. But because of things like you mentioned, the reviews we were getting, and you know, people just really liking the game, but but some feeling that uh, you know the buttons and and that style just just, just feels kind of Clunky is the word that I heard. We we said okay, you know what? Now now is the time to update this. Let's let's put in what we want to put in for um, uh, you know a more modern modern feel command system. So that's one thing we did. We um, uh, we are we remove the commands from the top of the screen, and uh, when you click on the objects, the available commands um, uh, appear around it, so that you can. Um, uh, it's more object based, you know. Um, so, uh, we think that that, uh, that, that, plays, that that plays well, it plays just as good as the retro version, and we think it will appeal to uh, a lot of the uh, uh, new gamers.
0: Would you say that the resurgence in point-and-click adventure games in the past few years is due not only to the access to open-source tools and crowdfunding, but also perhaps mobile devices and touch interfaces?
1: That's interesting, yes. Um, because, you know, a, a lot of these games that were done a long time ago are play well on these new devices and on phones. You know, because we had, uh, you know, we had resolution problems with, um, uh, with the old, old devices. You know, you know, 364 by 364, you know, um, you, you had limited uh, pixels. So the smaller the, the device is nowadays, you find that a lot of times, the game translates well on that onto that device, so you know I think it has a lot to do with the mobile devices because um, they can play these games well, and the experience you know feels similar to those early um, experiences um, in the early days of gaming. So you know, and there's been there's been lots of throwbacks and lots of talk of retro on Kickstarter, and uh, you know had 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 a bunch to do with that, and also you know other other companies just kind of you know, uh, venturing out on their own just to republish the retro games. As you said, there's lots of tools out there. So lots of people can go and make their own game. And it's easier to make your own game, you know, kind of scaled back in a retro way, I think, uh, because a lot of people don't have access to, you know, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for art and 3D and, you know, uh, all that stuff. So it just seems like that's kind of the playground where people can uh, find out about gaming and how to program and how to develop games so i i just think the um uh the atmosphere nowadays the uh uh the times we live in that it, it's 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 just um there's just a lot out there that really is a throwback to the early days when people were just making this up As they went, you know, in the 80s with the new systems, it's no different, you know. There's new technology out there and people are getting their hands on it and um, uh, being very creative.
0: If point-and-click adventures work well on mobile devices and the original Nintendo version of Shadowgate was popular on the consoles, are there any plans for this reimagining of Shadowgate to come to either consoles or mobile devices as opposed to just the Windows and Mac it's available for now?
1: Yes, um, uh, you know one of the things that, that, that we're working on now. Um, you know we're, we're wrapping up um, uh, last minute changes on the update um, for um, uh, for Shadowgate, and we are also um, getting versions for uh, the iPad and for the Android tablets um, going. So we hope to have those out by Christmas time. The whole console thing. We do. We we, we are interested in uh, bringing them to other councils. You know, there a lot of things have to make sense for us to do it, um, because we also want to get on to doing beyond Shadowgate as well. So, you know, uh, uh, the the short answer is yes, we're coming out on tablets. Um, councils. You know, still remains to be seen um, how quickly we can move to those.
0: We talked about how the upcoming update will feature additional UI options. I understand it also has a Halloween theme, but Shadowgate does not really strike me as the kind of game that would be conducive to side quests. So, how does that work?
1: It works out surprisingly well. Basically, you know, we can we can we can add things into the game, and it's just kind of new areas that um, look a little different the next time you play. You can do a side quest or not. You know, the game. You know, we don't we don't force you to do anything. So I I mean it works. It works well just to kind of like retrofit in an additional storyline utilizing um uh, old rooms that can connect to new rooms. That 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 works out very well. Um and uh you know it's fun to do a seasonal thing because um you mentioned, you know, Shadowgate and, and Halloween don't necessarily um uh, or you made it sound like they don't necessarily go together and I agree with that, but it's interesting that We've gotten a horror tag for our game because of the style that, you know, the graphical style and, um, uh, uh, the, the monsters and the, and the design and the situations that you're in, in the game. So we're kind of designated as a horror game as well as a uh, fantasy, you know, um, sort of sorcery type game. So, um, it actually lends itself better than I thought it would to the horror genre.
0: I suppose I hadn't been thinking about Halloween in the right context. I think of it more as a sort of a kid's holiday to go around and get candy. I forgot about the horror and Friday the 13th kind of themes to it as well. That is a good fit.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's called the Dread Pumpkin Quest that we actually put into uh, uh, this update. And it's a bit of a uh, uh, a homage to um, uh, a classic um, Halloween cartoon. And we just had a lot of fun with it. And, um you know we hope that players that are interested in following it, you know um, uh, will just enjoy the outcome so it's fun to do um to actually kind of add additional things that just um, uh, just add more <coughs> replayability and just uh, more atmosphere to the game.
0: We mentioned the UI and the Halloween side quests. Are there any other features of this update you want to mention?
1: so shadowgate is is a challenging game. The thing that we Wanted to make sure is we wanted to have an entry point for players that are new to a game like Shadowgate or adventure games like this, um, where it's challenging and hard. So one of the things we did was we 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 actually added a um, a another mode to the game, uh, which uh, is the normal mode. Which so there's normal and classic mode. Classic will be um, a, a Shall as it is as it is now. Um, normal mode will be less for, will be more forgiving, so that there will be less chances of dying easily in the game. And we wanted to make sure that we had an experience for players to play through the game without getting really frustrated. That's one of the main things that we added besides the the new command system. We also added a couple other things that were you know. Um, uh, we just kind of missed, you know, uh, it's quick load. You know, we had a quick save and we never had a quick load. Um, uh, little things like that. I, we added a number of uh, uh, new achievements. So it's a collection of a lot of things. You know, it's basically our patch in a way because we wanted to just update a few things that people were requesting. We got a lot of great comments from people. People like the game and um, a lot of requests for, you know, smaller tweaks and changes. And we thought we could do that, and we did.
0: Tell me more about Beyond Shadowgate. This came, originally came out in the TurboGrafx CD, which probably makes it the least played of the Shadowgate games. And it's a point-and-click adventure, a little bit more like King's Quest than it was its predecessor, the original Shadowgate. How are, how are you going to be remastering or reimagining that? Will it be a first-person adventure?
1: The uh, TurboGrafx version was based upon a design that Dave and I did called Beyond Shadowgate. Um that was going to be the um fifth McVenture. These were originally called McVentures because they first came out on the Macintosh. Um it was it, it it was it was fully designed and um ready to go and I would say it was probably about forty percent programmed when the uh the plug was pulled on doing adventure games at ICOM simulations. And um what happened for uh the Turbo Graphics version was we took the design for that and we spun off another team to take essence of that design and make a side-scrolling. Um, King, King's Quest-style puzzle game, like you said. Um, so that's the TurboGrafx version. What we want to do is we want to take the original Beyond Shadowgate design and do it from uh, from how it was originally intended to be um, told, the story that we wanted to tell. So it will be a first-person um, uh, adventure game, point-and-click adventure game, like Shadowgate. Um, our plan is to... So Shadowgate is, an, is a game engine. Um, uh, we wanted to not just do a one-off and be done. We want to do a game engine so we can make more games. So Beyond Shadowgate is just going to uh, take up the story of Shadowgate about forty, fifty, sixty years in the future, from when Shadowgate ends, there, there are some remnants of of you know, the plot from the TurboGrafx version that you will find in this new version of Beyond Shadowgate. But it will be a different game, and it will feel a lot different.
0: That's excellent. It'll be pretty much the first wholly new Shadowgate in quite some time. That's really exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. We're we're very excited about getting to it and starting on that.
0: So you're working the original Shadowgate and the Beyond Shadowgate plots into sort of this new canon that you're developing. What about the Worlds of Power book? Is that considered canon?
1: Well, um, you know, there, there, there are things that we mention in that, like the Tyen, uh, Lion Men, um, uh, T-Y-E-N, you know, and, and some characters that we mention, um, and some places that we mention in in, in the Worlds of Power book. That we are uh, bringing forward, uh, but before Shadowgate was Jer's journey, and 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 Jer was is is the nameless a um, uh, character from the original game, um, uh, and and before Shadowgate kind of fleshed that out. So there's not a ton to kind of bring forward, but yeah, where 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 it makes sense, we just keep it intact from before Shadowgate and the Beyond Shadowgate game. You know, like I said, we're kind of you know, we're sort of ignoring it in a way. Um, and Shadowgate 64, you know, is a, is another interesting thing because um, we had another design called Shadowgate Rising, which was going to be the third game in the trilogy. Um, and that eventually became Shadowgate 64, which was not how we intended to do Shadowgate 64. We're kind of ignoring Shadowgate 64 as well. And we're going to tell um, the Shadowgate Rising story for the third one. And that's all, assuming that we're successful, we keep on going with this thing.
0: And from there, you'll go on to Deja Vu and the Uninvited.
1: Uh, you know that is the plan. So you know, I, I don't know if it'll be peppered, in, you know, amongst that as well. You know, but um, I really want to. So I really want to. Make, really, really want to do a reimagining for Uninvited. Um, I've got uh, you know a plotline and which you know which similar but different because we want to update it as like we did for Shadowgate. So. I'm very excited about doing that. I think that'll 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 come together real nicely. Um, Dave's real excited about bringing back Deja Vu, so um, that is the plan is is to get to those games as well. Uh, But we also want to, um, you know, look look at other new stories that we can tell as well.
0: Well, that's super exciting for me because I played all the Mac Venture games as a kid, and I only ever finished Shadowgate. So. to have the opportunity to revisit Deja Vu and The Uninvited and actually fill that gap in my gaming history, I'm <laughs> really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to uh, re- remaking that.
0: Well, gosh, we've covered so much ground in the last 45 minutes. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or anything that you feel we've missed?
1: No, you know, I'm just, uh, you know uh, we're, 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 we're just real happy with, uh, with the support we've gotten from uh, our fans, uh, our, our Kickstarter backers. You know, um, uh, it was, it was a lot of work to go through Kickstarter, but worth it. And we've gotten a great group of people that have helped us, um, from the Kickstarters to, uh, the, you know, the people that, uh, are beta testers, um, uh, and, uh, and, and, the current players you know, who reach out to us. So, you know, basically, I mean, really, really what I want to do is just say a big thank you to everybody for allowing us to, uh, bring Shadowgate, uh, back in a version that, um, you know, we're just really pleased that we were able to. We think uh, the game came out really well, and it's high quality, and it's what we wanted. And um, we're just very proud of uh, of the opportunity to, to do that. So the only, the only thing I can say is thank you, you know, and check out the update. I, I, I think it's fun. I think people will enjoy it when it comes out.
0: My hat is off to you. Thank you so much for bringing Shadowgate back, running the Kickstarter. I'm happy to have been a backer, and I'm enjoying the game now. So thank you for your time, especially today, for the interview. Well,
1: great. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate uh, um, you stepping up and, and uh, covering us, you know, and uh, and being a, and being a backer. So enjoy. Enjoy the
0: game. I am, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: This has been IndieCider, a GameBits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net.